Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. And I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors. You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Romance Happy Hour. See, it always catches me off guard, even though I know it's happening. <laughs> Surprise. Okay, so can you hear me? Don, we can hear you. You just are getting frozen in awkward expressions. Don is kind of with us tonight. Um, Don, Don is in and out. <laughs> oh. I don't know what's going on with Don. Poor Don's um, oh, my internet goodness. tonight. But you know what, Don? You look good in your snuggie doing it. So you can so, hear me. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you mm -hmm. on and off. So welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. I'm here with Don. Oh, and see what happens. And we have guests Catherine Nolan and Lucy Score tonight. Yay! Yay! Okay. <laughs> Poor Don. I warned them before we went live that you know. I mean, we know Don and I know that you guys love it when things um, don't. <laughs> So, oh, there she goes. Okay. Oh, no, no. She'll come back stronger. She will come back. Yes, she will. Um, it's so probably the rain. I know. This is the part where Dawn would fill you in on what's been going on with her. And since she's not able to join us, I'm going to tell you that she has been um, binge watching reruns of One Life to Live and um, eating her fill of, uh, I don't know, what has she been eating? Uh. Cupcake corn ice chips. out of the can. <laughs> using corn chips corn out chips. of the spoon for the icing out of the can. And then there was trapeze school, I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, she has been doing a lot of trapeze school. And that makes a lot of sense because I did see a picture of her and I didn't really I couldn't really tell what was going on. But um, her hubby has been her hubby's in the military and has been gone. So I think she's been um, practicing some new skills. Nice. That's surprising with when he comes home. And now she's back. <laughs> kind of. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. We're done. Oh. Where are you all? Can anybody hear me? Yes, yes we can. Now. Can anybody now hear me? Can Did you hear me say the yeah. F word? No. <laughs> oh, Friendship? Fajitas? <laughs> all right. Don is back. I am, but I'm gonna. Um, I think I'm gonna pop over on my phone because I don't know All what's right. up with my phone. computer. That's that so, a good idea. Let me grab All my right. little my little cord, and I'll be right back. Okay. We don't always start off this awkwardly. Um, I mean, I'd be lying if I said we never did, but <laughs> normally, normally we're a little bit more together. That's um, all good. <laughs> yeah. like Catherine and I feel at home. Right. This is, exactly. this is our comfort zone. Nobody does awkward like Catherine Nolan and I. <laughs> oh, one time when I was at Lucy's house doing a Facebook Live, I dumped an entire martini down her back. Yeah. As the video started. Yeah, we went live and whoosh. That's a major party foul. Yeah. I didn't mind. That's the kind of chaotic energy I just bring to the table. Uh, so I was... <laughs> You, it's Catherine. Catherine's oh, yeah. the reason Don is. Oh, it's me. Issue. It's my energy. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just have that kind of aura about them, don't they? Yes, yes. it's so true. 
Mm -hmm. So we are getting lots of comments on okay. your martini, Lucy. Ooh. I think Ooh. we need um, a little introduction to what everyone is drinking this evening. Mm. How well, is it? Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Some massive feedback, right? What's going on? I have no idea. <laughs> Hang on. Hey, is that better? Yeah. Oh, we hear you. Yeah. Yes, that's better. Wait. No, you're frozen. No, it's not better. All right. Dawn's going to work her issues out here. We're going to figure it out. Oh, my hell. <laughs> <laughs> this is so crazy. So I'm a dirty martini. <laughs> yeah. um, garlic. Garlic stuffed olives. <gasps> wow. Fancy. Oh. Lately, she's she's oh. gonna come back. Don't worry. She'll be back. So, are you an olive okay. connoisseur? Is um, this better or not? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. So yes, no. Yes, no. Oh my yes. god. Yes. 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 <laughs> so you are an olive connoisseur, Lucy. I am. I am. I love olives. Have you had the blue cheese stuffed olives in your martini? Yes. I have had probably five or six different kinds of blue cheese stuffed olives, and I love them all. They're really, really good in martinis. I just figured garlic was closer to a vegetable, so I, I went with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think Lucy, Lucy made me my first martini. Actually, I'm actually I was at the bar the other day, and I had to text Lucy and say, how do you order the martini that I like? That's what I have to Lucy, because <laughs> it's tricky. If you just order a regular martini, it's it's not going to be everything that you hoped for. They ask you a lot of questions, and yeah. I was like, I don't know what the questions mean, so yeah. I need yeah. you to tell me. So, are yeah. you a vodka or a gin? I'm a vodka martini girl, but I love gin and tonics. Okay. Yeah. So my dad used to do a gin martini, but it was basically beef eaters on the rocks with an olive. Gotcha. Oh, <laughs> all right. Was chin. Yeah, pretty much. So I, I knew how to make them because I would always put an extra couple olives in for me. So. Nice. Oh yeah. I martinis, but I liked gin soaked olives, evidently. So oh, God. I could That's get so delicious. <laughs> so how about you, Catherine? Are you um I am drinking oh, a um two-week-old stale bottle of Chardonnay that was $6 from across the street at the deli that I bought it at. <laughs> you know what it is? You know what this is? This is Woodbridge Chardonnay, ladies. Ooh, hashtag yeah. classy. You know Woodbridge, you can get it for $6 at Acme. And uh, yeah, it's been open for two weeks. And uh, that's what I'm, that's where I'm at emotionally and mentally. <laughs> So, that's me. You know, if you drink it out of the box, it lasts longer. Oh, that's I, true. <laughs> it's true. I do come from a family that enjoys a boxed wine. Actually, my family, we put ice cubes in our wine. So mm. the level of Have class. you considered frozen grapes? Oh, that's a great idea. Because I do love it frozen It won't grapes. water down your wine, but it will keep it cold. Yeah. Wow. That's That tells you kind of like the mind of a writer that all of us are like, what? amount of alcohol are you currently working with? <laughs> what are your tips? <laughs> Give me all your tips. Um, Dylan, what are you Dylan, what are you drinking? 
Um, I am drinking a um, Vitamix recipe margarita. So it, really, it feels healthy because it's got a whole orange, a whole lemon, and a whole lime, and a whole lot of tequila in it. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. But it's it's like a breakfast smoothie with nice. kids. That sounds it's, it's the breakfast smoothie of 2020. It, oh no, kidding! Mm -hmm. No kidding! I think pretty much a dirty martini could be a breakfast smoothie of 2020. And it has been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if Dawn is with us enough to tell us, but she's drinking. I'm going to guess. We should all guess. What do we think Dawn is drinking? Mm. I think she's drinking champagne right out of the bottle. But like big old champagne. Like she popped it last night and found half of a bottle somewhere like under the bed or something. And she's like, still good. Oh, love it. I'm thinking like an Applebee's uh, mudslide. Do you guys remember? Oh, with the, the chocolate syrup. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. I love an Applebee's mudslide. <laughs> like it has to come from Applebee's. <laughs> and you have to be like with your family to order it. <laughs> Are you drinking wine, Don? Don's going to keep us guessing. I, uh, can you hear me though? Can anybody hear me? All right. Can you hear me? We yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Dawn is probably drinking something angry right now. I think Penny is right. Angry Orchard maybe. <laughs> well, we did hear you, Dawn. Dawn is probably going to be drinking whiskey straight by the time she's done with this with this uh, show tonight. I know, poor Dawn. Dawn, you gotta thaw that, you're frozen. Dawn okay, can anybody hear me? Yes, we can hear you. I have to go downstairs and <laughs> Okay, let's see. Don't judge if you see a messy house behind me. My never, kids oh, never. Oh. <laughs> see, if that was well, this year. frozen right now, now I'm laundry room or something. Now I'm drinking nothing because I left it upstairs, oh. but I was drinking boxed wine. See, I tell the, um, I tell the, uh, the cashiers when I check out, I have four kids, so I have to buy in bulk. And this is right. my living room. See, so. Love it. You're doing better now. <laughs> I think you're with us. Okay. You're fully with us, Don. All right. <laughs> Oh gosh. Are we good? Okay, we're gonna keep going. <laughs> I think I'm good. Okay. Yeah. So Don, we updated everybody on what you've been up to. Um, so no need to fill in the details on that. We got it. Um, I hope Linda is watching tonight because Linda sent me my very own beaver. Oh. So now my beaver can be part of the show with us. Love it. We, um, I am at the cabin tonight. I know somebody was asking, where am I tonight? Because it's not my usual um, office behind me. I'm up at, we have a tiny cabin up in Northern Minnesota. I escaped here by myself with just a dog. So I am kidless and husbandless and 
not beaverless. I have the beaver, but they're a dog and a beaver. Yeah. <laughs> but the running joke on the lake up here is we have nuisance beavers on our lake that keep building dams. And so mm -hmm. they have the professional beaver trappers that come in to break them up. And so Linda, who is from Canada, got very angry every time I talked about the nuisance beavers. So she sent me a beaver of my beaver. That's sweet. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Linda. Linda the best. And Lindy's going to be joining us for our broadcast. So, love it. Oh, Kelly, yes. you just moved to Minnesota. I'm so sorry. I mean, yay. <laughs> Kelly, watch out for the beavers. <laughs> you have to tell me where you are in Minnesota. I, um, I grew up in Texas and reluctantly moved to Minnesota for love um, like 20 years ago. <laughs> and I'm still here. So, it has a way of sucking you in. But I do enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Dylan. Uh, Dylan's a Texan girl, through and through. Yes. We were just talking about Texas food earlier. Yeah, we were because we have taco fans. I'm so excited. We yes, talk tacos. Lay it on me. <laughs> Guess what I had for dinner? <laughs> yeah, girl. I it's a day. Taquitos in honor of you tonight. Oh, yay! Oh. Yes. <laughs> Straight out of the freezer. Well, I mean, I did first, but yeah, they weren't like taking or anything. That would take way too much effort, and I'm, you know, off duty. So, but yeah, we are okay. Here. So, can I ask real quick? Um, if I missed it, where are you ladies from? If you don't mind sharing, did I miss it? I feel like no. I it. Oh no. Okay. Oh, wait. What was the question? Where are we from? Yeah. Oh, I'm from yes. Philadelphia. I'm a Philly girl. So, um, yeah. I'm, I've I been there. You've been to Philly? Oh yeah. Did I was uh my husband was stationed at Cape May, so we we came oh, up no there way. quite often. So, oh, yeah. that's so rad! Yeah. It's my favorite. It's my favorite place. My husband. I moved to California after college, which is where I met my husband, who was a born and raised Northern Californian boy. Mm -hmm. I lived there for eight years, and then due to love, I got him to move to <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> where we bought a house. Um, so we've been there nice. for two years. But actually, right now, we've been living in Vermont for the summer. So we are currently, <gasps> we're in like southern Vermont in a home that was built in the late 1700s. Uh, so it's full of ghosts and mysteries. So it's been a great writing that is spot. Like a lot of, you know, inspiration. That sounds awesome. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. one of four states that I haven't been to. Vermont. Minnesota. <laughs> Where are you from, Lucy? I'm from Pennsylvania also. Um, I'm right outside of the state capital, Harrisburg. Ah, I, mm -hmm. I evacuated a hurricane there. Oh, Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> but I haven't lived yeah. in Pennsylvania. Oh, That's one thing. Don has like lived everywhere. So yeah, I love it. That's so rad. State? What's that? Do you have a favorite state out of all the ones you've lived in? Montana, Montana. That's my home. Um, but for my readers, we're uh oh, my 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 kids and I are going to be moving ahead. Oh darn! We're actually moving to Idaho instead of Montana, so it'll work out. Whoa. So where oh, are the place there? Boise. 
Yeah. My dad's there. My, my mom and all my sisters live in Montana. My dad and a couple of my siblings live in, in Boise. So, yeah. Oh you already know how to pronounce it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my second favorite place to live was Alaska. We've lived there and wow. Dylan's got oh. some family in Alaska. Love it. Oh, that's so cool. That's that is so rad. Um, Dawn, both my my family and my husband's family are from Montana. Ah, I love Montana. Where at? I know. So my husband's family, his mom is from uh, Lima on the western side, and my mom's family is from Shoto and Bynum, right outside of Great Falls. Uh, Shoto, I love that. Yes, I, I see. I write mostly Montana books. I mean, that's where most of my settings are. Love so. it. I am a Montana girl at heart, so mine's yeah, all in, so in Missoula. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, oh Missoula! Oh my gosh, yeah. we stayed. Like, we did a bunch of traveling in Montana, and we stayed in Missoula for a bit, and like we we loved it. We were spent a lot of time in Butte and like Kalispell because yeah. Rob's family also. Like when I first met Rob, mm -hmm. and he was like, "My family's from Montana." I was like, "Probably we're related." <laughs> I, you know, like, like, yeah. like, like no, we're probably related. You know? <laughs> There's like, like eight cousins. cousins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like eight people there. So yeah. it's nice to meet you, cousin. <laughs> you look similar. Thank you. <laughs> I see the family resemblance. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, thank you. No, I that's so yeah. cool. I'll have to mess I'll have to message you later about Montana stuff because my mom Hers is always wanting sure. to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> um, I will talk Montana all freaking day. Huckleberry, everything. You know what I mean? Yes. Love <laughs> did it. you get the huckleberries over there? Yes. No, we didn't. We didn't get any huckleberries. Oh, we'll have to go back. <laughs> oh my God. That's a sin. That is a is massive a sin. <laughs> sin. It is a sin. Oh, my God. This is a great, mon this is a great Montana talk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Montana talk. Uh, have you ever been to Montana? Right, I'll have, I don't know. You seem to be talking all about Montana. I think I've been there once. Oh, Lucy, we should road trip there. Can yes. we fly? Do. Heck yeah. Yeah. We can. Yeah. I just I don't feel, I'm not real great in a car after like four hours. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You would make me yeah, ride a fly. I think I'm just saying Missoula just connected to some new towns. You can oh. fly into Missoula from Chicago. Okay. Love it. <laughs> Chicago and like Salt Lake. Yeah. That's big time though for Montana. But yeah, love it. Mm, I love it. So we, but are we should talk about books tonight. I know. Like, let's talk about books. <laughs> So we decided um, we decided that nobody wanted to go first. So we had to figure out a way to, hmm, what should we do, Don? Should we do, um, uh, thinking of, um, should we think of an animal in my head? And, and you guys have to guess an animal. And then um, whoever's the Yeah. <laughs> whoever's the closest will go first. All right, I have the animal. Because you wrote a book about a psychic, Lucy. I want to see if you can channel this. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's a bear. What's your guess, Catherine? Horse. Oh, gosh. That's really hard because it was an aardvark. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I honestly don't know. I don't know, but... 
I was going to guess beaver. I mean, I really was. Beaver would be way too obvious. Um, so I'm thinking Lucy's closest because bear starts with a B. B. Yeah. Bears are much more closely related to aardvarks than. I think so. I, I really, I think so. I'm pretty sure everyone would agree with me on that. So we will have Lucy read first. See, okay. that was um, true. Your, your psychic showing. I, I think we're all excited to read about your psychic because you've shown that you definitely. I've got it. I've yeah. Oh, armadillo would have been a good one too. Actually, I should see why didn't I come up with an armadillo? Oh, yes. Basically, in the future, think about um, animals that start with A or live mm -hmm. in Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. And, then <laughs> and armadillo would have fit both of those, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna have Lucy read, and you're you're reading from what, like one of those books you wrote back in 2017, right? <laughs> I'm going to read from my brand new release as of today. So, okay, guys, I'm going to read chapter 13. So everyone who's on here, if you haven't gotten to chapter 13, just mute this and I will give you a signal. I'll give you the double thumbs up when I'm done. Okay. So I'm just going to, I'm going to jump right in and then just wait for the double thumbs up. Um, it's not really spoilers, especially considering the title of the book. Just saying, <laughs> there's a murder. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna try to, um, since this is a public broadcast, I'm going to try to avoid as much of the um, colorful language as possible. I will do my own substitutions. Um, so if, if you hear a lot about tacos or burritos, that <laughs> probably wasn't the word. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see who can keep track of how many tacos are in chapter 13. Oh, yeah. There might be a lot. <laughs> we are going to leave you to it, and we'll come back afterwards. And, and if anyone has questions for Lucy or Catherine, go ahead and start popping them in the comments, and we'll answer some of those after Lucy's done. Okay. Okay. Great. Is everybody ready? Here we go. Chapter 13 and Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door. 11.55 a.m. Sunday, June 21st. Mr. Lucy just left the room because he doesn't want a spoiler. <laughs> In the 14 minutes it took to have lights and sirens surrounding the mansion, Nick got Riley onto her couch, pressed a wad of paper towels to the cut on her forehead, and secured her bad arm to her side with the tie of a bathrobe. He wasn't going to think about the fear that had gripped him when he'd heard the shots fired. He had just pulled into the lot and confirmed Frick's taco mobile was there when he'd heard the shots. All he'd been able to think about was getting to her. There was something about Riley Thorne that made him feel a lot of really stupid feelings he didn't want to feel. Prior to the two slugs in Dickie Frick's head, he would have said those feelings fit neatly into the lust box. After, well, now he wasn't so sure. The woman had hurled herself down the stairs after someone she thought was a murderer. Stupidly brave was apparently quite the turn on for him. Even now, with him standing between her and anyone that came up those stairs, his hands weren't completely steady. Her face was pale, which made the blood on her forehead stand out even more. Head wounds bled. A lot. Rationally, he knew this, but it did nothing to squash the blooming rage in his gut. She was in pain and needed a doctor, but there was tacoing protocol. He glared and paced at the EMT check as the EMT checked her pupils. 
How's our girl doing? Mrs. Penny, the purple-haired tenant from the parking lot, tottered into the room wearing a set of men's pajamas and holding a glass of bourbon. She had gamer headphones around her neck. Mrs. Penny, you should stay downstairs, Riley called out wearily. Her voice sounded strained and Nick cursed the investigating officers for taking their sweet tacoing time arriving on scene. I had to come up and see what all the fuss was, Mrs. Penny harumphed. Willicott said some pirate firebombed Dickie's apartment. There was no firebombing and no pirates, Riley told her. You should go downstairs and tell Mr. Willicott that. Instead, Mrs. Penny made herself comfortable on the couch next to Riley. Well, since I'm here and you have that Netflix thingy on this TV, I'll just keep an eye on you. Young man, mind scooching over? She asked the EMT. Well, if it isn't Nick the Forehead Santiago, came a familiar voice from the doorway. Sergeant Jones, always a pleasure, he said with a genuine smile. Mabel Jones was a short, curvy, uniformed cop with a foghorn laugh and a pretty cute snore. They'd been on a few dates back in the day. Their parting had been amicable, thankfully. Last time he checked, she was the best marksman in the department. How the hell did you land yourself in the middle of this mess, Nikki? she asked. Despite the friendly tone, it was a professional question, and he knew better than to give too much information. He was standing 10 feet away from a homicide. Like it or not, he was a suspect. A situation that wasn't going to surprise half of the Harrisburg PD. How about we go out in the hall, he suggested, jerking his chin in the direction of the open door. Jones gave him an all-knowing look that traveled to the bleeding, battered Riley who was watching them while the EMT sealed a second butterfly bandage to her forehead. Sure, Jones agreed, leading the way. She waited for Nick's feet to cross the threshold before going all cop on him. You want to tell me how you just happened upon a DB in a house you don't live in in the middle of the night? Nick was just visiting his girlfriend, Riley, a voice called over the whir of the lift chair. We were worried she'd given up on men after being married to that camera-ready robot, you know, she shouted. The woman's white hair stood up in tufts. Her fuzzy bathrobe was open over an almost sheer pink house dress. Girlfriend? That cracked Jones's implacable good cop facade. She grinned. About damn time. Nick skated a hand over the back of his head. Yeah, he drew the word out. He was walking a fine line here. Lying to the cops was usually not a great idea. It was even worse when he was about to become a suspect. It's a new relationship, the woman said, climbing off the lift chair. But we're hoping it sticks. We've all got our fingers crossed for a happily ever after. Lily, don't say anything to them about without your lawyer present, Mrs. Penny tottered out of Riley's apartment and into the hall. She waved her cane at the sergeant. Anything you say will incriminate you and they'll throw your ass in jail. Are you up yet? A male voice shouted from somewhere below. I'm sending it back, Mr. Willicott, Lily yelled back and stabbed at the buttons on the chair. Mrs. Penny peeked into Dickie Frick's open door where a tech from forensics was photographing the body. Why don't you two wait somewhere else, Jones suggested, trying to usher the women away from their dead neighbor. Why don't you make me 5-0, Mrs. Penny shot back. The third floor was getting downright crowded, Nick thought. What have we got, Sergeant? Nick closed his eyes. You have got to be tacoing kidding me. Santiago, I should have known. Detective Kellen Weber looked just as tacoy. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. Tacoy as the last time Nick had seen him. Even at two in the morning, the guy was wearing a tacoing tie and that smug ass smirk. How's the nose, Weber? Nick asked. The detective's eyes narrowed above an almost imperceptible twist to the otherwise straight blade of his nose. DB with two GSWs to the head discovered in his own apartment, Jonesy reported crisply. 
What are you looking at, copper? Mrs. Penny demanded, giving the detective the evil eye. That's detective copper, Weber said evenly. Why don't we go check on Riley, Lily suggested at full volume, linking her arm through Mrs. Penny's. Mrs. Penny glowered at Weber and Jones. She pointed two fingers at her giant lenses and then at the cops. I'm watching you two, so don't even bother trying to plant evidence. No, ma'am, Jones agreed. The two women went back into Riley's apartment. You poor thing, look at all that blood, Lily howled. You didn't shoot Dickie over the underwear thing, did you? Mrs. Penny asked Riley. Nick shut the door before Riley's neighbors managed to fertilize any more seeds of suspicion. What are you doing here, Santiago? Weber demanded. Nick shrugged and gave him a tight-lipped smile. Not much. Please don't elaborate, Weber said. I'd love nothing more than to slap cuffs on you and drag you downtown. Rick Hambright keeps texting. <laughs> Sorry, it's popping. This is Mr. Lucy's iPad. Marketing guy Rick is texting. He thinks my camera looks good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> Whew. Uh, please don't allow. I love to slap cuffs on you, drag you downtown. You remember what happened last time you put cuffs on me, Nick said darkly. He's dating the across the hall neighbor, Jones filled in, shooting Nick a warning look. Great niece, Mrs. Penny shouted as she wrenched open Riley's door. She's our great niece. All of you? Weber looked skeptical. You got a problem with family, Popo? Mrs. Penny demanded. Nick felt the heat of her glare as it was magnified through her glasses. The hum of the lift chair was approaching the top of the stairs again. The grumpy Denzel-esque Mr. Willicott was wearing a bathrobe over suit pants and a feed me tacos and tell me I'm pretty t-shirt. He was followed by two-paid Fred, the elderly yogi Nick had met on his last visit. Gentlemen, we need you to wait in your own rooms, Jones said, ignoring the futility of corralling elders. Too late, cutie pie, Fred said cheerfully. Willicott already took the chair up. It'll take him half an hour just to get back down there. I'm Fred, by the way. Single, spry, ready to mingle. Who's Riley Thorne to you, Detective Fun Sucker, asked Mr. Willicott, who was very obviously the only black man in the family. Who? Willicott asked. Fred elbowed him. Oh, right, Mr. Willicott grumbled. He's my great nephew. Ha, this one's a comedian, Fred said, twirling a finger around his ear as he shoved Willicott towards Riley's apartment. Willicott's my ex-brother-in-law, but we love him like family. What's that smell, Willicott demanded. Decomposing flesh, Mrs. Penny announced. <laughs> Is that my t-shirt? Nick heard Riley ask inside. Back to why you're calling in dead bodies, Weber said, drawing Nick's attention. Nick shoved his hands in his pockets. It felt like it was something you'd want to know about. Weber stepped in on him. Drop the rebel without a clue act, Santiago. As soon as you drop the taco hole routine. Loose tacoing cannon, Weber shot back. Smug taco, Nick growled. Gentlemen, can we get back to our murder, Vic? Jones suggested. I'll, I'll stop there. I feel like that was... That should give you uh, an idea of Riley Thorne and the dead guy next door. <laughs> oh my God, Lucy, you laughing yeah. was my favorite thing. <laughs> I cracked myself up. I was, I was filming you. I was like taking pictures of you like a fangirl. <laughs> you see how red my face got? Like this is what happens when I have to like read in public. I'm so sorry, guys. Your, your, your face is flawless. You are flawless. Thank you. Yes. New my, hair. It's my breakfast smoothies. <laughs> yeah. Um, there so, are a lot of tacos. Oh, yeah. 
That was a. Yeah. We're done. Everybody who didn't want to. Uh-oh. Am I freezing up again? Am I frozen again? Please say no. No, you're not frozen. Lucy glitched there. Oh, oh thank goodness. Okay, it wasn't just me. Yay! <laughs> I'm telling we you, all I heard thunder. I'm, I'm blaming on the weather. I'm blaming <laughs> on the weather. I don't know. There's some, yeah, weird mojo. Weird magnetic mojo or something going on tonight. No, that was so, more of a miracle, as usual. Okay. Okay, I just wanted to say to Karen though, I know she had some questions at the beginning, but my I, my scrolling won't go up very far up that way. So if she can post them again, I can get them down. But we do have some. Yeah, I'll go back and snag. Um, let's see, Carrie. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Carrie's. Where is she? What? Is Dylan drinking? Oh, we're <laughs> about that. Margarita. Yeah. Margarita. Yeah. Okay, and then okay, it's so silent while I scroll. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, do your book characters talk to you? And if they do, have you had to change something in your story because of it? Yes, yes, I am not in control. And I think being a writer is the only reason why I uh, am not in serious therapy. <laughs> when it turns out when you write down what the voices in your head say, it makes you an author. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's been a lot of times where I've, I've thought, okay, every time, basically, I've thought that I've had a good grip on a character and mm -hmm. as I'm writing, something just comes out and they, changed my perception of them and it turned out to be way better than whatever I had, had planned for them. Okay, so this is my question. Are you a plotter or pantser? I do or both. Okay, I do so you're both. Yeah, I, I, I'm very anti-label. Oh, gross. <laughs> but um, I do, I spend a lot of time at the beginning of the book outlining and then every time I think that my outline is 100% what's going in the book, it's never more than 50%. Mm -hmm. so, and what about you, Catherine? Super similar. Yeah, super similar. I uh, I found that like plotting maybe the first half, two thirds, it still doesn't go well, but I've stopped trying to plot the last kind of quarter because I find that, I mean, honestly, every time you get to that last quarter, you're you're coming up with new stuff. And it's almost more yeah. surprising for me if like maybe the maybe their dark moment or their dark night of the soul is not something I know because then if I the whole time am like, gosh, how are these two gonna work it out? I think it actually can feed into the conflict being tighter because I'm not sitting there knowing how they're gonna get together in the end. Um, I think it kind of gives it a bit more mystery for like my subconscious to, to figure out. It does make for um, some messy editing processes. Um, <laughs> so I write, I have to write like a lot of drafts. You know, I'm like a multiple drafts girl, uh, which is like my personal like messy process because like my first two drafts, they're always like in love on page one, no conflict, nice things just happen to them, the end. <laughs> and people don't like that? <laughs> Apparently not. It's very short, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we're all different. Are you guys potter or are you guys potters or plancers? What's your, <laughs> tell me what, what's your bag? 
I'm a plant. I'm plants. I'm a planter. Um, yes, I have like a basic structure, and I totally love my Scrivener because yes. I have those beats in there. Yes, and then I'll kind of like plot out my beats, and then I'll just kind of wing it between it, and then um, yeah, love it. Then, yeah, and then that's what I do. Right, but I'm at that that last like. Well, I have four chapters left of my work in progress right now, and it's mm-hmm. just like coming to me. And even Dylan, yesterday we had a we had a guest that said she wrote twenty thousand words in one day. Like, have you guys beat that? No. Okay. No, <laughs> <I don't. laughs> yesterday. Oh my God, for 20,000 words, it is. It totally is. Who can beat 20,000 words? That's my question. I asked my kids, and I have four kids. I asked them, can I write today and see if I can beat 20,000 words? And they're like, "Uh, Mom, we need to eat and like (laughs) do things. So do things. It's work. (laughs) I sometimes have a hard time even reading 20,000 words in one day. Yes. (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah, Yeah, that's a lot. Dylan, are you a potter? uh, Are you a potter prancer? No, I can't say it. (laughs) Um, I really, 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 really wanted to be a plotter for a long time because I thought Mm -hmm. that would solve all of my issues of having to go back and rewrite and fix things. Yeah. So I tried really hard to plot this book. And what I found out is I wrote some really extensive magical backstory. And then when I sat down to start writing, it was like, I had no idea what happened next. (laughs) Totally. So, yeah, I mean, I I tend to go with kind of a loose idea of what's happening. But Mm -hmm. the discovery, I mean, that's what's the most fun. If I wasn't surprised, it wouldn't be any fun if I knew Mm -hmm. everything was going to happen. Because, yeah, it's it's always thrilling to see who's going to show up in your head. That's the magic. That's right. I, Dylan has told me before that um, she likes to get to a situation and think like, what kind of wacky, how did you say, like, what kind of weird thing can they get into themselves themselves into now? Like, I don't know, with the pig, right? With well, um, If you're writing, you know, like serious, dramatic fiction, but. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Like hijinks, like what wacky hijinks. Yeah, like, hijinks, yeah. Yeah, right. You're like, what Gilmore Girls style mix up can happen, which is my favorite. <laughs> All right, so we have one more. Um, what do you, uh, if you had to give up either snacks or music when you write, which one would you find difficult to say goodbye to? Music. Yeah, music. Ooh, so what yeah. do you think on then? That sounds serious. <laughs> I was just thinking like this coffee. So I, I mean, I drink like whatever, 11 pots of coffee a day, just, just the pot, you know, like this or whatever. Like, is that a snack? No, that's that's like, that's a lifeline. Great. Okay. Yeah, no, I think, well, I, I don't listen to a lot of like music with words because it distracts me. Then I type the lyrics, but I do a lot of like focus, focus music or white noise or like nature sounds. Um, And then I'll listen to a playlist for the book. That is like the feel of the book to kind of get myself pumped up um, if I'm like not feeling it. But then I have to switch to just like beats, you know, it's like some kind of like whatever that like ASMR. I used to listen to a lot of like Harry Potter ASMR on YouTube where it's like, yeah, I'm in Hagrid's cabin, you know, (laughs) it's like me, Hagrid, all the owls (laughs) just writing. So that's kind of my jam. Uh, How about you, Lucy? (laughs) 
You listen um, to a lot of Harry Potter ASMR. <laughs> I, I have on your recommendation. That oh. does help. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, I have noise canceling headphones and I have That's one awesome. writing playlist that, you know, and I play it through beginning to end, mm -hmm. same order every time. And by mm -hmm. like the third song, I don't hear the music anymore. Like gotcha. there's songs in there that aren't, they don't even feel familiar to me anymore because my brain is so into what, what I'm writing, but um, yeah. I use I use music to drown everything else out. <laughs> not, yeah, that makes sense. It's just me and Mr. Lucy and a cat. It's not like we have like a very crazy household, but I think it helps drown everything else in my head out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a playlist for every book? I have this, I did create a separate playlist uh, when Claire Kingsley and I wrote Bootleg Springs because that was mm. set in West Virginia. And so I had a whole bunch of country on it for the vibe, but Love in it. general, I have a single writing playlist that I use for every other book. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Anything to trick your brain into being yeah. like, it's work time. Yes, exactly. It's like, yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to ask this one since I'm coming upon it right now, but then we do need to get to Luz, to Catherine. Um, but Valerie wants to know, will Mr. Lucy look great on camera? Oh, wait, are we talking about Lucy's rank right now? Have you guys checked it? Do you guys know what her rank is right now? Because I do. Ooh, do tell. Ooh, yeah, tell. Yo, Lucy is number six in the Amazon store. <gasps> <gasps> Hold on, let me double check to make so sure it didn't close. move up. Oh yeah, well, yeah, it could have moved down too. Where, whatever, it could have gotten worse, whatever. I never know whether up or down is good when you're talking about lower numbers. I've got um, six, but Valerie, I'm sure we would message you. Valerie, I think Mr. Lucy will look fantastic on camera. Um, I, I have a deal with binge readers where Mr. Lucy- <laughs> Mr. Lucy does not show his face on camera. He's very camera shy. And that's that's all it is. He just doesn't like being on camera. Like he, every photo I've taken of him, his face is like this. <sighs> so um, he has just never been on camera as Mr. Lucy. And we made a deal with my reader group, Binge Readers Anonymous, that if uh, I get to number one in the US Kindle store, Mr. Lucy will go live with me. So. There. Yes, you did. You did too. He, he so, agreed. if you get to number one before we finish our episode, will Mr. Lucy come on yeah. and say to us? I think I think I, he would come on and say hello. I think he could do that. Yeah, these but, are the rules. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean that that won't get him out of doing a live in binge readers. But I, I feel like if it hit number one while we were doing this, then I feel like it would only be right for him to say hello. Right. Yeah. Can so, we brag to your to your uh, readers real quick and say that we saw Mr. Lucy on camera before yes. he came? <laughs> yes. Before we started live? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He likes to check all my tech to make sure that I have it set up right because if he didn't check it, my camera would not be on. <laughs> yes. I think I actually met Mr. Lucy in Houston. You did. Oh, you did. At Romance Author Mastermind. Super Tallest cool. guy in the room. Only guy in the room. Wow. <laughs> That's not true. Damon might be taller Damon than you. Damon is taller. There were a couple bartenders in there, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't the only guy in the room. I mean, I love it. It's true. It's true. <laughs> All right. So we should get to Catherine before yes. we run out of time. Yes. 
Catherine, we want to hear what you have for us tonight. Oh, right on. Okay. Well, I am reading from my most recent release, which is called In the Clear. It is a sexy romantic suspense and is the third book in a series called Codex. So um, each book is a standalone, but there's kind of like the third book ties up a larger storyline. And so this book is, uh, I describe it as sexy cat and mouse. The hero is a very stern and stoic private detective. The heroine is a much younger private detective who is better than him. And they end up chasing the same criminal mastermind and they have to partner together and share a hotel room for safety purposes. Yeah, um, how, many, so, how many beds are there, Catherine? How many beds? There's just one. There, you know, there's a mix-up with the hotel. What are they gonna do? Um, you know, so it's sexy cat and mouse. So you know, Abe is like one of those heroes who's like, I don't have feelings. I don't have a heart. Um, please don't look at me. Uh, the minute that Sloane walks in the room, he falls in love with her. So. Yay. It's pretty great. <laughs> so I am reading there, meet cute, and um, yeah, you'll see what happens. And if I go out, if you guys can't hear me, just let me know, okay? All right, we will okay. be back after. Yay. From the moment I'd stepped into the ballroom, my eyes had been drawn to hot guys like we were two powerful magnets, desperate to snap together. As he leaned against the bar like he owned it, I noticed how tall he was, how broad those shoulders were, his long limbs in a suit clearly tailored to make others envious of his body. Hot guy watched me walk through the crowd, watched me walk toward him, and I wasn't used to feeling so fluttery around a man. I now had a new understanding of the phrase, devastatingly handsome. It was a cheesy line bandied about in romance novels and movies, definitely not anything I'd ever witnessed before in reality. His face devastated me. My immediate attraction to him ripped through me like a summer storm, all dangerous heat and crackling lightning. The man was white with a strong, clean jaw, a strong nose, dark black hair with silver at the temples, a few lines around the eyes, making me guess he was a decade older than me, at least. The curve of his lips was downright sinful. And if I hadn't been so mesmerized by his mysterious presence while we sat together earlier, I wouldn't have observed his physical reaction to the sound of Bernard's name, which meant Hawkeye could know something, making him even more intriguing. I placed my arm on the bar, leaned in a perfect mimic of his pose, his brow raised at my sudden nearness, one hand gripping a glass of whiskey. Hello again, he said, a deep voice, melodic, with a sexy rasp along the edges. I held up a finger, ordered a vodka martini from the bartender. Hello, I said. I pegged you for a whiskey drinker. My martini appeared in front of me. I stroked the stem with one finger, caught him following the movement. And I pegged you for gin, not vodka, Hawkeye said. I lifted a shoulder. I'm full of surprises. The cold liquor burned all the way down and he watched my mouth while I sipped. It's nice to meet another American staying at the Langham, he said. I wasn't staying at the Langham Hotel. I was staying 20 minutes away at a cheaper motel that better fit my budget. But if this man knew Bernard Allerton, maybe I'd see about getting a room. And it's always nice to meet another Sherlock Holmes enthusiast, I replied. I held out my hand for him to shake. Devin Atwood. 
A man on vacation, he replied. Happy to meet you. He shook my hand with pure professionalism, no stray touch or lingering. But the second our palms touched, I felt an electric bolt of desire. From the flaring of his nostrils, I guessed he felt it too. Man on vacation is an odd name, I mused. Hawkeye gave me a half smile, but no reply. Instead, he sipped his whiskey, swirled the liquid around the glass. Are you a member of the Sherlock Society? I'm member adjacent, I said, not official. I do attend their meetings and lectures when I'm in London, however. Here on business? Of a sort, I said. So tell me, man on vacation, do you think Doyle should have stuck to his guns and kept Sherlock dead? Or are you a fan of his triumphant resurrection? I'm the minority opinion here, unfortunately, he said. I think he should have kept him dead. Don't say that too loudly in this room. I took a step closer, bringing our bodies mere inches apart, dropped my voice. You could get us both killed. He cracked that half smile again. I'm not one to boast, but I feel confident in my physical prowess against Sherlock fanatics. What's your take? I took another long sip of vodka. Why would you have kept him dead? Why did you evade my question? Because I'm a woman of mystery. I placed my arm on the bar, close enough to feel his body heat. Would you like to buy me another drink? Sharp eyes on mine, he called my order to the bartender without missing a beat. Sometimes it's best to say goodbye, he said. Sherlock Holmes was no longer serving him, public outcry or not. I think Doyle should have kept him dead. Easier for everyone to move on. A martini appeared in front of me. I clinked it against Hawkeye's glass. To moving on. He studied me. His fingers were strong, confident. Was he a source or a suspect? I would have kept him dead too, I finally admitted. Severed ties completely. When you had the kind of chaotic, ramshackle childhood that I'd had, Letting go of dead weight always made the most sense. You couldn't flee in the night unless you packed light. So we're in agreement, he said. Appears that we are, man on vacation. I flashed him a full smile, teeth and all. Are you used to traveling alone? Or are you not? I'm alone, he said, voice rough around the edges. And used to it. Preferred, actually, especially while traveling. There's no better way to truly learn what you want, what you desire, than being on your own. I agreed again, held my tongue. Are you alone? He asked. I stepped closer, drawn into his orbit. I am. He placed his, he placed his glass carefully on the bar. And what do you desire, Devin? I ran my tongue along my lower lip just to gauge his reaction felt absurdly pleased at the severe clench of his jaw. To find what I came to London for, I said. I lost something a month ago. I'm currently trying to track it down. It was a partial truth at best. What did you lose? That's not for the telling. And why not, he asked. There was no push to his words, only a strangely appealing curiosity. Would you be completely honest with a man who won't even tell you his name? Fair point, he said. Have you had any luck finding what you lost? I'm not sure yet. I slid even closer to this man, this complete stranger, heard his breathing hitch, 
The compulsion to kiss him crept into my thoughts, swept through the stress of this case, the fear of failure. Devastating. There'd never been a need for me to seek out a romantic partner in this world. My parents hadn't been a model for love, and marriage itself seemed to combine the very dangerous elements of trusting someone with needing someone. If you were alone, you could only disappoint yourself. Sex was a necessity, but I scratched that itch with one-night stands or short-term flings. The less personal, the better. Whatever was happening between this stranger and I didn't feel like standard sexual attraction. It felt impulsive. It felt primal. How long will you be in London, man on vacation? I asked. And his steel eyes blazed with a real hunger now. For nine more days. My employees will fall to pieces if I leave them for any longer. And you're staying here at the Langham, I asked. Yes. I pressed my body lightly against his surprisingly strong one, tipped my mouth up so it danced close to his. He went still as a statue, like he was assessing me for risk. Maybe my luck is changing, I murmured. How so? His hand landed firmly on the small of my back fingers spanning across my skin. Those same fingers roamed idly along my spine, a caress between lovers, not strangers. It felt utterly divine. And it must have been the vodka and his body and a wayward craving to keep him. But I did something I hadn't done since I was 16 years old. I dipped my fingers into his jacket pocket and snatched the first thing they brushed against, a business card by the feel of it slipped it into my purse. That thing I was looking for, I might have found it, I said, which makes me a very lucky woman indeed. The animal prowling behind his measured gaze gave me actual goosebumps. Who are you really? He asked softly. Devin Atwood, who are you really? I don't think you are. His expression remained mildly curious. You see, in my other life, I was trained by the best lie detectors in the entire world. And while you are very, very good, you are also lying to me. I was momentarily stunned, a first. Spoken by a man who has perpetrated a sin of omission, I countered. A slight arch to his brow. I know a thing or two about sin, and that's not what I've done. Desire twisted in my belly, those strong fingers flexed only once along my spine, drawing me closer. Do you always try and kiss liars? His lips quirked at one end, and then he stepped back, letting me go. I had to steady myself against the bar and prayed he didn't notice. Don't you worry. You'll know for certain when I actually kiss you. My hand clenched my stolen treasure, the business card, and you'll never know for certain if I was lying. That's it. Yeah, girl. <laughs> so can I just say that Lucy took pictures of you as well. I saw it. Thank you. <laughs> I was, listen, Lucy knows me. <laughs> I got big Leo energy all the time. So I'm always ready to have a picture. <laughs> That's what you were saying. Well, we got a ton of questions. So let's not have this awkward silence while I scroll back. <laughs> I, I try right. to say that we're usually more put together, but we're really not. 
kind of be life. Like. Life is way, life is much too short to be put together. Yeah. Oh no! Okay, Linda, question at nine twenty six. I can't go back that far, <laughs> but I can hit my nine twenty nine one. So looking at Linda, she wanted to know what is the funniest typo you've ever written. Okay, cool. Yes, that's what it was. Oh, okay. Very early on, because I remember I posted about it. I wrote uh, "sucking on my nibbles." Oh, which good. still really makes me nip, nibbles really make sucking on my nibbles. Oh, wait, that's not PG 13. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. No, okay. <laughs> kind of. okay. Listen, I was, I was a sailor before I became a mother, and so I have a sailor's mouth. So sometimes Dylan has to be like, Don. Yeah. <laughs> PG 13. I knew I liked you, Don. I knew I liked you. Yeah. We're friends. Lucy, what's yours? What's your funniest typo? Guys, I make typos like 500 times a day. And some of them, gosh, I I believe the funniest ones I can't say on camera. Um, mm, yeah, there's there's been some things that should have been like shot, but not shot. Different, different vowel. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, God. yeah, I make a lot, a lot of mistakes. Same, me too. <laughs> so, and my it, my books go through like three rounds of editors. And every once in a while, one of them will be like, they'll just mark it and with all these laughing, crying faces. <laughs> and every once in a while, I'm like, what would happen if we let that go through? <laughs> <laughs> just to see. No one will notice. Yeah. No. Okay, we do have our, let's see, what is your favorite thing about romance? Mm. If you can hear the thunder, I'm sorry. Favorite thing about romance? Like just romance novels or? Oh my gosh, there's a ghost behind oh. you, Catherine. Oh, okay, it's my husband. <laughs> does he have pants on? He does. <laughs> um, I guess my favorite thing, if you guys couldn't tell from what I just read, is my favorite thing is um, like really drawn out sexual tension like I I just want to read a book where the whole book is like the hero like reaching forward and just touching the heroine's wrist and then both of them pulling back and then walking away <laughs> that is that's my dream <laughs> I'm really glad that your books progress beyond that but they sure do you um, feel good at the the slow burn chemistry yeah yeah what's yours Lucy I think like right now in the landscape, mm -hmm. the hellscape that is 2020. Mm -hmm. I think I am so happy with this career because mm -hmm. I get to sit down every day and immerse myself in people connecting mm -hmm. and people falling in love. And I think, honestly, I think my favorite thing about romance period are the people who read it. Yeah. I mean, if if you read romance, you are a really good person, and I mm -hmm. love you. <laughs> yeah. Very true. You heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> news. You're a good person. Yeah. Generalizations. If you read romance, that's right. So we have a couple questions too. Any more cardinals come to visit lately, Lucy? Oh. Okay, so um, Pecky, I think I've, I've had an issue, a six month issue with a Cardinal that I named Pecky. I probably shouldn't have named him. Mm -hmm. um, basically he just attacks my house every day for hours on end. He has gone away. Pecky Jr. lives here now. It's a smaller red Cardinal and I think it might actually be Pecky's 
son. Sure. <laughs> he has ceded this territory to his mm -hmm. son. And Peggy mm -hmm. Jr. is smarter and does not smash his little face against my windows. Um, <laughs> however, we now have hawks. Like, really, really big hawks that I, I'm still not convinced that it's not like part pterodactyl. <laughs> there's like there's like a two foot tall i don't know what two feet is there there is a very large hawk that keeps visiting the backyard and i was on our deck like two nights ago it, it like late afternoon early evening i'm sitting there on the phone and mr gigantic hawk just gracefully lands on the branch closest to me and turns his head and looks at me and i was like uh i gotta go i think my face was about to get ripped off <laughs> It didn't. It didn't. But um, he's very majestic, and we've seen him a couple of times. And then I think his lady friend Hawk swooped through the backyard yesterday too. Uh, we live in Florida. Like we're this is not like the woods or the country. So they're. I, I'm just glad it's not bears. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. So uh, Tammy wants to know that what what is a taco hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic Tammy question. Tammy, Tammy, I'll message Tammy. you. I'll message you and I'll draw a diagram. <laughs> yeah, get ready. What is a taco hole? Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Tammy's always starting tacos. Is That's she? <laughs> she's a oh, taco man. starter. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do before you became a writer? Hmm. Hmm. Catherine, what, what, did, Catherine, what did you do before you? What did you do before you became a? Oh, become a writer. Oh, um, well, I was very lucky. I, um, from the day I graduated college until a couple of years ago, I worked in the field of social justice around um, ending homelessness for women and children in Sacramento. So I was um, actually an AmeriCorps volunteer, which is like my favorite program. So I was an AmeriCorps VISTA volunteer for two years, like serving in Sacramento, um, working with chronically homeless, uh, mostly men. So a lot of folks who live outside. And then I became the development director at a grassroots nonprofit that served um, women and children. And then I did that for like six years. And then my husband and I moved, we did a big road trip. We moved back home to Philadelphia. And you know, I'd always, like most people, most writers, I'd always been a writer and I kind of gave it up in college to pursue like political science and, and activism and all the stuff that I was doing. And then I was able to pick it up again and start doing like NaNoWriMo and start taking writing classes again. And my first novella was like September, 2016 and like 10, 11 books later, here I am. So yeah. Spoiler alert, <laughs> Catherine Nolan's a really good person. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I read romance, so yeah, yeah, everyone is. And I met Lucy like through our friends Joyce, like Joyce introduced us and Lucy lives just, you know, two hours from me. So I first got to meet Lucy in like January 2018. And yeah, we've been friends ever since before quarantine. We were at like a drag queen brunch together yeah. with, our, with our partners and husbands. Yes. Um, yeah, because our friend should be like that. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> the real deal. Yeah, but Lucy also has a pretty rad former life story too. Uh, I didn't help anybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 
that's not even remotely true. Our, our stories are so on brand for both of us. Like Catherine was like a really amazing really helping society. And I was a hot mess jumping from job to job to job, trying to figure out why this whole adult thing seemed to work for everyone else but not me. Until um, you found writing, your call, your true calling. Yes, it and that's true. That's true. Um I wish I would have told more people about it because I think there's a lot of people that like I grew up with who still think that I'm a disaster. <laughs> but um, be, right before I became a full-time author, I was a marketing and communications director for an uh, accounting firm. It was as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> and um, I was actually fired from that job. And um, that, that's what I'm saying coincidentally happened to be like, I was writing romance on the side. Like at, I'd go home at night and write a romance novel. So I had one that came out and I didn't tell anybody. And then my second one was getting ready to come out. And I was like, Ooh, man, I, I should probably say something to somebody because a couple of my coworkers had found out and um, none of us were good at keeping secrets. So I went to one of my bosses and I was like, hey, just wanted to let you know I write romance on the side. And she was like, good for you. That's great. And then two days later, they called me into the conference room. They're like, yeah, you're fired. You have until the end of the year to find a new job. And I was That's like, what I'm so I, I had like this five-year plan in place where I was going to save as much money as possible until I had one year salary in the bank and I was going to quit and I was going to be a full-time writer at that point and try to make a go of it. And then I was like, oh no, uh, I have to start over. And um, my second book came out and did great. And I've been able to be a full-time writer. And now only Mr. Lucy has to deal with me as in like a human resources capacity. I know, but I love your, I mean, I just love that story. I'm just, I just, it, it's like its own romance novel. You know, it has, it has like an arc. The universe was pushing me in a direction and I kept feeling so lost in every job that I had. And I kept wondering, I was like, you know, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, it's everybody else's problem. Oh, all these other bosses have a problem. It's not me. No, I knew it was me. <laughs> I was 100% clear that I was not the right fit for any of these jobs. Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking like, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Why can't I make this work? Everybody can make their grown up jobs work. They can live their lives. Why can't I? Mm -hmm. I couldn't. <laughs> this was the right one for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's safe to say that we're all glad that your grown up job didn't work out. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's just to me, it's like such, I mean, I know that was like such a terrifying time, but it's like to be able to share it now is like such a, uh, like a motivational story. It's such a powerful story to me. And like, it's so symbolic, I think of who you are as a person, you know, cause you're like, you're like real scrappy. You don't give up. And I love that. Like, I don't know, like all these years later, you're like, Oh, Hey guys, I'm like, kind of famous now it's fine it's like I don't know I just feel like it's so powerful to these people who fired I don't know like that's and, awesome. you know, they found a new marketing director who was like a really good fit for them it worked out Perfect. for everyone. yeah but I see Teresa Hepner over here just said you plotted and the world pantsed you Lucy <laughs> and I'm like, that is my story <laughs> that is it Teresa that is exactly right that's hilarious. That's a good one. That's funny. 
I don't know about well, you. Have- I'm waiting though to feel like a grown up. Like I keep thinking that one of these days I'm going to wake up and it's just going to hit me. You know? Do any of you feel that way too, or I, I feel like for it? I mean, I have three kids, and I still feel like sometimes they're more mature than I am. I. I said to Tim the other day, I was like, when am I going to start sitting up straight in chairs? Yeah. <laughs> I'm 40. I feel like I automatically need to adjust my posture. Hello. It's never going to happen. I'm going to be 85 years old. I'm going to be Mrs. Penny from this book. I'm, that's just, we're, I'm not going to grow up. Oh, what a life though. Yeah, we should we should all hope to be Mrs. Penny, you know, like I always like my mom would always be like, I just want to be that woman at the grocery store in her 90s whose lipstick is like not on her mouth. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) the effort and not really care how it turns out. Yeah, you're fine with it. Awesome. Yeah, I remember reading that. I was picturing um, what's the woman's name in that movie? There's something about Mary. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Tim knows. Oh, yeah, the leathery lady. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was picturing. Yeah. When you were reading about Mrs. Penny, I was like, oh, that's so I was picturing the, the lady from that movie. Uh, I've got a spunky old lady in my whip right now, and, you know, I'm going to have to read yours and get some inspiration. I won't steal, I promise. My, <laughs> my, my, my spunky old lady is, um, she's a little bit, um, criminal, but not. It's what she likes to say. She's breaking the law, but she's not. And she likes to grow mushrooms in her spare room. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so, and she has a um an English mastiff for a pet. That yeah. is, oh, yeah. that's yeah. perfect. Yeah, that's what I'm working on for the next couple of days. That sounds I, so amazing. <laughs> I loved. Wait, let me look up the title of it. Delancey Stewart wrote a hilarious grandma hang I on love grandma books i love grandmas like they make the best secondary characters oh my gosh they really do hang on i know i i read the I book and i loved it and her her the grandmother character was so funny um hang on it's okay so it's not happily ever hers it is the one before that hang on Oh my gosh, I'm still scrolling. Happily ever his, der. <laughs> my grandma in it is hilarious. So uh, yeah, I think I think um, elder secondary characters are awesome because you know we've gone from having like all of our heroines had to be like 19 years old, mm-hmm. you know whatever, and we've gone beyond that. You know now readers are super comfortable with a heroine who's like in her 30s, in her 40s, whatever. You know, and so I love that the secondary characters are also breathing new life into mm-hmm. all age ranges. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. In fact, that was a question um, by Lindsay. She said, um, "Lucy, I love that you always choose women in their late 30s, early 40s. It's mm-hmm. so much more relatable. What makes you go with that age range when typically most writers don't like going over the early 30s?" Oh, thank you. Um, I love it. I, I think I'm, I feel like I have a really good life and I don't think that I started to figure out who I was until I got to my thirties. I feel like I, I became a more interesting person in my thirties. Um, so I just, I really gravitate towards that age because the problems can be so much more complex. The conflict can be so much richer. Um, 
ladies know what they're doing with their bodies then <laughs> know what they're doing with their bodies then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's it's just a, I a really exciting age, you know like it's we we got tacos figured out <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all the taco holes yeah all, taco holes are like all the taco holes yeah it's yeah. like <laughs> Well, we have um, two, two more. Let me let me scroll real quick. Maybe. All the taco holes are figured out. Oh, and I'm going to have to have you explain taco holes to me um, when we're off here. She'll post a diagram, John. It's pretty. pretty Did you, you posted it there. already? Okay, see, I haven't. <laughs> I'll, draw, I'll draw it. See, my face is getting off. Oh, my gosh. So many, Lucy, so many people are like, Lucy, I can see you as Mrs. Betty. <laughs> <laughs> I that is the greatest compliment. You oh, it is. It truly is. Cabbage casserole. So Stacy wanted to know, Catherine, are you going to watch Enola Holmes on Netflix? And oh, I just posted about it in the Hippie Fix. Because in the Codex series, like the three private detectives, the female private detectives are like obviously more brawny and like physically badass than like the men. So I just posted in the Hippie Chicks. I was like, ladies of Codex are like, please watch this lady, Sherlock Holmes. We're like, Millie Bobby Brown is like, I don't embroider, I fight. And then she goes to find her mom, Helena Bonham Carter, who is who I wish was my mom, obviously. Um, So I'm extremely excited. I love, I mean, I love anything that's like Sherlock Holmes. I mean, I just love it. I'm extremely excited. Also, I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is my favorite person, is directing it. She's the woman who wrote Fleabag and also directs Killing Eve, my favorite show. I got a lot of favorites. Um, <laughs> so that's, I'm, I, so I'm not, I'm not excited. Uh, feel pretty neutral <laughs> about Enola Holmes. And Amanda wants to know if you ladies edit as you, do you edit as you go? No, cause I write 11 drafts. So like I, <laughs> I save it all for draft 50. You know, I just let myself enjoy <laughs> for the first 49. <laughs> I have to say, I I love Catherine's writing process because she really does put a lot of magic into the editing process, you know, and and I I really like that. Like, she's like, let me, let me get it out. Yeah, I really really like that. Um, I used to edit as I went, but I found out it takes a lot longer to write a book that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, everybody's process is totally different. I have stopped doing that. I write in sprints and in like 25 minutes. I set a timer. Can't do anything. Can't even go to the bathroom. I just have to write. And (laughs) we lost Catherine. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good. If I, I can come up with the name of a character or if I can't remember what color eyes they have or if I can't come up with the right word, I put a double asterisk and I move on. Same. So yeah. those are fireworks, by the way. I'm not being shot at just in case. You don't <laughs> <that. laughs> think so. Pretty sure it's fireworks. <laughs> I was going to say, I, it sounds to me like Catherine is like every English teacher's like golden girl. Mm. <laughs> how you write. I was yeah. I think one, two, three. Go through your yeah. revisions. 
Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, that's probably true. And also it's like, who knows why our, to me, it feels like integral, integral to our like DNA, like what our writing process is, because it's, I find it hard to change. Like, even if we try all these like tips and tricks to make it easier, I find that we're all just still back in the same process. And that's just how our brain Mm -hmm. kind of like does it because I don't think I could do other people's processes, but I don't think folks could do mine. And I think it's kind of like the, that's the way it's meant to, Mm -hmm. you meant to go. It's like our fingerprints, you know, it's all, it's our special specialness. Yeah. Special specialness. It, you know, I, I'm a wordsmith. I, it just comes out. (laughs) Do you guys edit as you go? Sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, you guys. I, I hate the editing process. So it mm-hmm. always fascinates me when someone embraces and and just loves the revision process. I would rather write a first draft mm-hmm. 20 million times than have to go back and edit mm-hmm. one. Oh, we yeah. should walk. We should totally talk. <laughs> I don't I don't edit as I go so much. I mean a little bit. Um, I guess as I'm typing, mostly mm-hmm. because you know, that I'm really bad at letting autocorrect speak for me. So mm. I always have to be very careful with that. But um, I do find myself getting somewhere in the book and then being like, ah, oh, shit, now I got to, oops, sorry. Now <laughs> I got to go Oh, taco. Now, now I got to go back and, and add this plot point in somewhere earlier in the book. So I'll have to go back and just do that while mm-hmm. I'm writing or else I'll forget all about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I find. Mm-hmm. And also that's how I cuss. So. No, so, I love it. Yeah, everybody has their own process. And the more I seem to try to fight it, like the harder it is. So oh, I feel yeah. like that's mm-hmm. great advice, yeah. Captain. You got to kind of embrace your process DNA. Mm-hmm. Your chaos. Got to embrace that chaotic energy. <laughs> well, we are pushing 920. Yes. So. This is literally the longest we've ever had this show, but we oh, love it. Catherine and I could go. We love and it. Go and go. <laughs> Except Catherine's gonna fall asleep. Next time we'll start at noon. It's true. You know, I like to go to bed at like eight forty-five. Uh, oh, but Lucy, we are wild sisters. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh, we're soul sisters. Oh my gosh, <laughs> seven thirty here. Okay. <laughs> But I watch my shows until eight thirty nine o'clock. Yeah, yeah, that's your special time. <laughs> wind yeah. down, wind down. Lucy, like Lucy's a night owl. Like Lucy, oh, yeah. Lucy this is, is like my afternoon. Night. This is yeah. Like I could go outside for a run right now. <laughs> my goodness. Oh man, how many kids do you have? A martini. Wow. How how do you think that would go? <laughs> well, um, I, I actually belong to a group called the Harrisburg Beer Runners, and <gasps> I have learned that alcohol in the right quantity makes you faster. Mm. And um, well, that's it, just a little faster. Just a little faster. <laughs> um, I haven't been doing any run, group runs since obviously the pandemic, but um, awesome. I, yeah, I uh, a good beer or, I haven't really tried it with a martini because I make really big martinis. I think a half martini, I could probably run a pretty serious oh. mile. Yes. <laughs> I think I would maybe run towards a martini, but I don't <laughs> yeah. for any other reason. The, the, the first time I drank ever, it was beer. And of course, okay, so I'm from Idaho, Montana. So my Idaho cousin was like feeding me all kinds of beer. And it's my first time ever. 
it gets to like five o'clock in the morning and me and my friend are like still awake and I'm like, let's go running. And that's literally what I did the very first time I drank. Oh my gosh. I went for a run. That's amazing. <laughs> Being a runner. I'm just surprised you can remember the first time you were drinking. Honey, I was like 18. <laughs> I Yeah, I was a late bloomer for everything. I was a good girl. I was too. Yeah, I was oh. a really good girl. I mean, we all love, who doesn't love a good girl? I mean, that's right. I, was a good, that too. I love a good girl. Yeah. I was a good girl until my husband turned me into a bad girl. Let's wow. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> I'm ready. On that note, hang on, I'm gonna take notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were there any other questions? I did see one from Dawn earlier. Um wanting to Yeah, I did, and I couldn't see that one. I'm sorry. Okay. About um Catherine taking the massive road trip. Now I can't find it, but Dawn was um, revamping a bus. Oh, cool. And wanted to know if you had any tips on driving Ooh. across country in a revamped. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can definitely uh, message Dawn. If you let me know. Wait, Dawn. Not me. Oh, I can't scroll back that far now either. See, we've uh, never gone this long. We I know. We have to our earlier comments. Um, oh when gosh. you see the show on Facebook after we're done here, you can see the comments. So oh, I'll, I'll Don, I, Don, I will find you, and I would love to talk road trips with you. That would be really, really awesome. I guess my tip would be like go to Montana because it's the best. <laughs> Listen, I love yeah. I love Catherine because like her mega road trip was really amazing, but she would always start like her a brand new conversation with a total stranger. My husband and I live in a van. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, tell them it's by choice. Like, by choice. I did to do Like, just yes. tell them the whole story. <laughs> I know. And that's absolutely like when I'm out with my mom, who is like m me all the time, like I'll say like, oh, we used to live in a van. And my mom's like, um, it, um, it was by, cho by choice. It was by choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long did you live in the van? Huh? How long did you live in the van? We lived in it for six months. So it's like a passenger van. It's like a white, like a like a church passenger van. We tore out all the seats and and built like a bed. So we had storage underneath. Then we had like a cooler that was our kitchen. Um, and like the top of the cooler is where we like would make our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And then we would sit on the little floor and eat our food. And we would work in coffee shops and I would type in the passenger seat, like in my sleeping bag in the morning. And that's how I wrote my book, Bohemian which was a, ended up being a very emotional book because we were doing this road trip. And yeah, it was super special. So we went from California all the way up over to Montana, up into Canada. Then we went all the way down to Utah. Then we did Route 66. Then we did New Orleans for a long time, Savannah, Philadelphia. Very it cool. Was all, yeah, it was super rad. Yeah, it was, it was really and special time. Catherine and her husband still have the van. Yeah. And um, Catherine came to an event that I did in Maryland and we had a dinner afterwards. And I, I laugh every time I see Catherine's van because it's like the, the complete opposite of her personality. Yeah, and it's not welcoming. It is we were, terrifying. Okay. <laughs> we were walking out into the parking lot with my sister and my sister-in-law and my sister goes, whoa, don't get near the kidnapper van. <laughs> And then I probably was like, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> and Tim and I were like, that's Catherine's band. 
can. Yeah. Catherine, tell them about your stickers. <laughs> oh, we did put a bunch of like, you know, like stickers that you would assume a person like me would have on the back of a van. Um, you know, it says things like simplify your life and like, you know, believe in women and stuff. And so we, we did that to make it look less predatory um, because it is like a it is like a white it's like a white but like the white that's like beneath the paint and then um it's like all scraped on yeah. yeah 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 it's, I love her <laughs> yeah that's how we used to live man yeah, um, Dawn lived in an RV for how many years Dawn um it was almost two years oh Dawn we have to talk Dawn. and a dog we Dawn, okay. We are soulmates, Dawn. Hurricane, <laughs> right? Yeah, we we lost everything in Hurricane Harvey except for our RV. Oh. And the military at the time was like, every two months, guess what? You're moving. Nope, just kidding. Guess what? You're moving. Nope, just kidding. So eventually, they actually moved us here. Now we mm -hmm. live in Virginia. So, yeah, wow. and that's where we're at now. My husband's retiring, and I'm moving back to. Idaho for now until we can get back to Montana. So oh, I'm so happy for you guys. Yeah, super excited. So beautiful. It's so awesome. And we love to travel. So I'm like, I'm like envisioning your trip and I've like been there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I feel like listen, I'll be messaging you immediately upon Hell the ending yeah. of this. <laughs> Let's oh, yeah. share my feelings. <laughs> So if you go back and look at some of our very first episodes, you'll see Dawn and she's in the RV and she's yeah. making her children go outside in the rain so she can yeah. talk quiet. Yes. <laughs> this is nomad life. I'm so into it. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that. Yeah. We still, have, we still have the RV, but. Does it have a name? No. Oh, you need a name. I do. I'll tell my husband and my children. Yeah. Catherine, oh, don't think of something. Catherine, what's your van's name? It's Van Morrison. <laughs> oh, of course. Van Morrison, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's hysterical. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to choose from. You know, like, I remember in 30 Rock when Liz Lemon's boyfriend, his van was named Vanderbeek after James Vanderbeek. That's um, Yeah. Fun fact, I'm going to Zoom with him later this month. Oh, what? Yeah. Wait, you're going on a Zoom with... James Vanderbeek? Yeah. And, uh, Austin? Kristen wow. Bell. I'm going on with Kristen Bell next week. And then James Gosh, Vanderbeek. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the highlight of my summer, right? Oh my God. That's like the highlight of anyone's life. <laughs> the highlight of my life. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. It was I was stationed in Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina, Wil Wilmington, mm -hmm. when it was when Dawson's Creek was being filmed. Oh my God! And they Damn. said they claim they claim that he um, once skinny dipped in the fountain there and got arrested for it. Ooh. So I'm gonna have to ask him about that. That's my question to him. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> when we get to ask questions, and they're gonna talk right over you and say, "Taco, taco, taco." <laughs> <laughs> You'll be like, would you say your taco was exposed or not exposed? <laughs> Tell me about oh, your burrito, burrito sir. Yeah. yeah. What kind of burrito situation? Does James Vanderbeek have a bunch of kids? Do you have a lot of kids? I have no idea. I don't know. I'm going to Google it. I think he does. All right. We should well, look for him. I do have one parting question. 
for both of our guests. I want to know, because we talked about this before we went live, we talked about Taco Bell. I want to know yeah. what is the standard Taco Bell order? Yes. Please say double decker. Catherine, you go first. Okay, I think Lucy and I actually have almost the same. So I'm tech, so I'm a vegetarian, but I don't I don't do vegetarian when I go to Taco Bell. So I usually <laughs> get the Fiesta potatoes, which I was just informed they've discontinued. Ugh. Yeah, I went on like you Monday to Taco Bell. Those without the bringing the nacho fries back. That's exactly right. So I usually get Fiesta potatoes and what is it like the shredded chicken burrito? Shredded chicken burrito, baby. Which I think is a Lucy score pick too. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um I get the shredded chicken burrito, and then depending on how hungry I am, I will either get a soft taco supreme or I will get a cheesy gordita crunch. Ooh, um, two good ones. Yeah, I love everything there. Um, the nacho fries, I it doesn't matter if I'm not even hungry at all. If they're there, I will get them. Um, and James, <laughs> James Vanderbeek has four children. Whoa, John. I thought, he had, I thought he had more than like two. I wonder what they eat from Taco Bell. <laughs> I, bet. I was just going to say, I love how excited. I love how excited Catherine was getting over your order, over your yeah. what you oh. order. She was like yeah. over there off her chair. When we met the first time she came to my, that's right. That's how we met. You came to my house, right? Like you met at Taco Bell. In the van. Well, she, yeah, she drove to where our house. Mm -hmm. And so we met in person and then I drove her to Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. The one in the one in Harrisburg. I remember you being like, "We're gonna go to the one in yeah. Harrisburg." <laughs> yeah. I wanted to drive her past the state capitol, which is actually like my this cover. Sorry, I can't get the reverse right. This is the skyline of Harrisburg, by the way. Isn't it the oh. cutest thing you ever saw? Yeah. In your life? I love it so much. Oh, Catherine York says he has five kids and they've been very open about their miscarriages. Okay, oh. that's sad. Oh, well, I'm glad oh. they have a big family. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I, it should be a good Zoom call. I would love to have like yeah. a report afterwards. Uh, yeah, we yeah, I, I'm definitely super excited for. It. I just hope my husband. I mean, he'll be home, and he's been on deployment for like all year. Uh huh. So he better not be like, listen, pay attention to me instead, because I'm gonna be like, it's James Vanderbeek, and I'm gonna like stab him. Uh, in the yeah. eye. Like, mm -hmm. listen, I know you're home now, but Vanderbeek. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we we better get off. This is literally our longest show and <laughs> an hour and a record. Yep, you're setting records. Well, thank you both so much for being here tonight. We have had an absolute blast, as we knew we would. Yes. Um, and you both have giveaways open through Sunday night. So Lucy is giving away a signed copy of her new book and Catherine has a paperback and an ebook up for grab. So make sure you go to the Romance Happier. I know it's very awkward. I was trying to like fix it <laughs> and everything is backwards. So, um, so yeah, so make sure you get over to the Facebook page before Sunday night and get your entry in for that. Yes. Anything else done? Yeah, we also are doing a giveaway for reviews on our Facebook. Oh, right, page. we are. Yes, because we realized we've been doing this now for two years and we've never asked anybody to give us a review. Oh. So if you enjoy Romance Happy Hour, yes. please um, consider giving us a review or a recommendation on our Facebook page. That would be fantastic. And then we're going to give a swag pack away. 
Right, yeah, I'll tell you what's in it because I, because I'm not is, sure is what it is. Is it a tequila morning smoothie? <laughs> we found out we're not supposed to be sending alcohol through the mail for women's half an hour, so. We just like to send alcohol-related items. Okay. Exactly. Love it. So Tangential. We're, we're going to, but yeah, we're, we're going to have some super cool swag. Yeah. So, all right. I think that's it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You can watch the replay forevermore on Facebook, yes. our website, and you can listen to it on the podcast if you want to take us with you. So um, thanks again, Lucy and Catherine, for being with us. And we will catch up with everyone else next time, second Thursday in September. Yes. Love it. Thank you All for right. having us. Bye. Bye. For joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Cheers.